Welcome to podcast 305 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt, and on this week's pod, I'm joined by Doop and Mad. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. It's good to be back. I've had a couple of weeks off, and it's like it's nice to have some gallivanting around. Yeah, uh, Devon, and um, I don't know what I did last week actually, but yeah, no, it's it's nice to be back. And good pods, good guests. I'll be honest, I've, I had a good little listen. So uh, good work. Well done. It's nice to come back in and like the place not be on fire like that meme with a guy with a pizza. You know, I think mine, mine and Mad's collective back is quite sore. Yes. Carrying the pop for two weeks. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy yeah. you're back too. Very, very happy and delighted. And yes. And do you know what, Mad? I'm happy to be in your presence, mate. And, and you know, I've, I've taken some time to reflect and I think, I think I'm going to turn a new leaf with you now. Mate. I'm going to be very, very nice to you now. Almost a little bit too nice, but nice enough. Okay, you said this a while ago and we weren't recording. You know we are recording now. It's going to be out there. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Everybody yeah. who's listening to uh, this. Unless it's edited out. <laughs> <laughs> and then just we'll old clips of me goes. calling you a, uh, a horrible word is just inserted into the pod. Beep. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. It's, it's too warm for doing difficult edits, so let's just ixnay on the C-bombs. Okay, uh, On this week's pod, anyway... Uh, is largely going to be new save focused as both Dupe and Mad have uh, have eyes. Well, Dupe has already confirmed he has eyes on a new save, uh, and Mad is sort of uh, wistfully looking into the future uh, away from Harlem, and uh, that's pretty much it, really. So we'll sort of look at the old first. Obviously, Dupe has recently started a Cheltenham save, uh, and Mad's sort of long-term Harlem save. So we'll look at both of those first and then we'll move to the future. Um, since Dupe has returned to streaming this week with a new save with Manchester United, but we will uh, divulge more information once we get there uh, because this is the, going to be the first update you've actually shared on that particular save uh, on the pod. Mm. And then we'll f- we're, we're all ears as to what Mad's new save is going to be. We don't actually know. Me, me, neither, so, me neither, but we, we hopefully get there by the end of the oh, month. It's a Plymouth <laughs> save no, I have, with I have Southern Boys. <laughs> southern, southern Boys. Yeah, it's Plymouth. You can only, you can only uh, hire people that live in South Devon. That's why I actually And you can't to... sign anyone from Cornwall. <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed to sign a Cornwall player. You're going to have to get an Atlas. This makes I no find sense that quite weird, actually. They're sponsored by Ginsters, which is... Which... Which... Um, which like they're, they're famously known for making pasties, yeah. but not Cornish pasties. Yeah, yeah, everyone seems to assume that they are mm. um, Cornish pasties, but they're not. They're, they're, it's all made in Plymouth. Yeah. I've actually been past the um, Plymouth Stadium uh, with my son last year. Who, like, My son's just getting into football now. Um, but not as much as I knew, because as we drove past, he goes, Daddy, is that Plymouth Stadium? I went, yeah. And he went, Green Army! And I was like, where have you learned that from? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll give you a quick, I'll give you a, a, a tangent related to Plymouth. I used to, a friend of mine who used to play football manager, like when we were younger, had a, obviously from the west of Ireland, had a bit of a problem pronouncing various things. Uh, so it was Plymouth, Portsmouth and Lutton Town. And, uh, Are they Lutton, anywhere Lutton, near Sunderland? Yeah. Sun, Sunderland. Sunderland. That you pronounce you it. <laughs> Sunderland. You can see why we were friends. <laughs> yes. I'm just more shocked that you had a friend. Um... I have See, two that's now. That's not being nice, is it? No. <laughs> six minutes. Who had six minutes? Um, six, most probably. Actually, six minutes probably is less. long for me. I'll be honest. Yep. Divide, and, divided uh, by four. 
we'll we'll move on before oh dear we divulge into more debauchery. Okay. So let's let's jump in. Dupe, we'll start with you. Mm. So Cheltenham. Cheltenham. Yeah. Okay. So we've 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 got a part two out. So I think the last time we spoke, I'd only got part one out. So if you didn't know, I'm part time blogger now. Um, and I'll be honest. Is that because I do most of it and you just do a little bit of it on your behalf? No? Do you know what? Normally <laughs> I would bite, but I'm going to be out there and honest and say, Matt does a very little bit of it. He'll do like a spell check at the end. And it, I'm very proud to say it is actually all my own work because blogs in the past haven't been all my own work. I've kind of collaborated. I've done a collab with them. But here, I'm I'm very I am very proud of them because if you don't know, I really I know the jokes are out there, but I do really struggle reading and writing. Um, so for me to kind of speaking, put, sorry, speaking and speaking, <laughs> anything to do with just the language, I'm just not very good. Listening at. as well, obviously as well. <laughs> Functioning. <laughs> yeah, I'm just um I'm just not very good. So yeah, no, I've been. I've been really, really enjoying writing them. And what it does do is it really makes me think about the save a lot more. Um, but yeah, we we started over at Cheltenham. Uh, we done pre-season, big pre-season. Um, always nice to kind of do it offline. You know, it, I feel I, the only time I normally play offline, I make content is when I've done my YouTube. So it's very, very strange. But I was able to take my time with pre-season. We, we did a bag full of... A bag full of uh, um, friendlies and all that jazz and we set ourselves with a lovely little 442. Uh we worked hard with it. I thought, you know what? Lower league football in England, 442 is the way. Uh and we started the season. We beat Peterborough first. Nice, really good convincing win. Very good performance. And then we failed to win in six games. Uh and I panicked. I really, really panicked. Um, I think I spoke about it in the pod that uh, sorry on the blog and I think I may have mentioned it on the pod that we we created a load of chances, but couldn't really nail down a good good chance to score. But we just let so many chances through. So actually, we uh, we switched to a four three three or a four three two one, and it just seems to be moving very very nicely. Um, zero signings in. Uh, that's it because we we did talk about it because we spoke about my new director of football, didn't we? Technical director. Baston. And yeah, that was it. So uh, he's the only addition to kind of the Cheltenham out of the box. Um, and then changing that system, being a little bit more defensive, actually allowed us to score a lot more goals. Um, it was allowing our wingbacks to push on and it was allowing us to, to, to kind of have a bit more time on the ball. And we had a very impressive September. We didn't lose a game. Um, and it was just, we had some tough games in there, but... We had some really interesting ones where we would kind of go one nil down and then show the spirit to come back and, and, and win. Like Cambridge, for example, we were one nil down after 25 minutes. And normally, you know, it's very difficult to kind of shift that momentum, but yet we still managed to. Um, and and it just we just plodded along. And it was very nice just to be able to sit, play, and like we said, Matt, we've we've uh playing on a different system, one on on a portable system, it was like it was it was a bit like I was able to try and play football manager in every room in the house. It was I was like, oh, oh I'll just go sit outside today. I'll go sit out here. So I was playing a hell of a lot of it. And then we entered into the FA Cup. And this is where things got really, really exciting because um, the first round, second round was a little bit dull. We had uh, Bro uh, Bromley away and we had Dagenham and Redbridge away. Thanks. Very minimal. And not really that concerned by them because <laughs> everyone knows in the FA Cup, 
you're not going to win it as Cheltenham. A League One side, I would love to know what the statistics of a, of a third-tier football club of winning a, the FA Cup if it's actually ever been done. Like, I, I wouldn't know, to be honest. I don't think so. Um, don't so, think like, you've kind of got to take that with a pinch of salt. It's all about... You don't want to get thrashed in the in the cup, but you wanna you wanna get some money, and that's what it is all about, right? So, we actually played Derby in the third round. Uh, we we got drew against them after we had a very very bad December, um, which was which wasn't good. But we went into that game, and it was a hell of a game. So we were at Pride Park, so like ten thousand, eleven thousand people, um, which in League One is is massive, and um, it was. It was very much a game of the ages. We went 1-0 down very early on uh, to just a simple mistake. And it was just very difficult to kind of accept that mistake. Um, I'll be honest. We then uh, come out of the blocks after halftime. I really, for the first time, I think not only just in this save, but in in this version of the game, I threw the water bottle at halftime because yes. the performance wasn't good. Um Derby were Derby were very unlucky not to be three or four up. We did have a few chances, but just nothing really that stood out. So I threw the water bottle. Four minutes after half time, we score. And we play very and, and we were on the front foot. We were playing very nicely. It was really good, really strong. And then we basically, on the 69th minute, had a carbon copy of the 49th minute. Ball went out wide got whipped in, hit their defender, went in the back of the net, and I am singing, I'm dancing. We're two one up against Derby. And then the next highlight, they get a penalty. And it's, you know, like sometimes with FM, there's always that sense of inevitability, right? You, you, you kind of just expect that, oh, it's going to be a highlight. Here we go. And they scored the penalty. And at, with 20 to go, I looked at the system. I looked at the players and, and they were getting tired. Like I said, big crowd away from home. They were very good, good side derby. They were giving us a, a hell of a runaround. Could I, could, could I turn this result back round or do I take them home and, and kind of, get that replay and get that money, you know, because like I said, we're in this cup to earn as much money as possible. Um, I decided to go for it because I thought that, you know, it at a, uh, when it's drawing, you can always, you can always win it. We just, you know, not to sound like Michael Owen, but with a singular goal, right? You just need one chance, one opportunity um, to not quote Eminem. Um, <laughs> one shot, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, even, even, Michael, I, even I know Eminem. Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> and, we pushed and we pushed and we pushed and just nothing came. In the 94th minute and the last minute of added on, we actually managed to break free from a corner. Our 20-year-old centre-back, who's just been brought on because our other centre-back got injured, leaps the highest and scores the winner in the 94th minute. So amazing, right? Like literally ecstatic. What a game. Two in and throw in. And the next thing you know, there's a highlight. And I talked about inevitability earlier. There was a highlight. The ball got played back to uh, from the kickoff, whipped out to the far left-hand side. Um, he took two touches, went round with our left-back, whipped it in, David McGoldbridge, back post, bang, bottom corner. 3-3. Three, three. Who, 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 who's that player, sorry? Uh, it was David McGoldrich, right? McGoldrick. McGoldrick, yes. McGoldrich. He's a, Irish. a different player. Uh, he's but, actually a new gen um, on this set. <laughs> that, that's what that, that was why I was asking, just in case he wasn't the no, same just, player. Uh, I'm not looking at it to read it. I, t I told you earlier, Speaking, I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he pops up back post and scores. Heartbreak, sink in the chair. Uh, like I just turn and I, I, I like physically just turn around and walk away. I come back and it was offside. There was a flag. And we won. And I was ecstatic. Again, yeah, no, it was amazing. It was really, really good. And 
the, the the team were so happy about that. And I thought like it was a bit of a risk to throw the water bottle and I hadn't done it before. We then went four wins in a row in January. And then we got Drew against West Ham at home in the FA Cup fourth round, which this is what we wanted, right? Like I said, we wanted the money. We wanted well, to do that. You're saying that about West Ham. I, I You asked about the if anyone sort of from the third tier had won the FA Cup. Ooh. They haven't. Okay. The last team to win the FA Cup from the second tier was West Ham in 1980. Mm. 1980. Yeah. Uh, apparently there is, some, there is some chatter about Spurs being the only non-league team to win it, but that was like pre-sort of proper football modernisation in like 1901. Was that the last li- thing they won? It might have been. It's, it's, it's I not, mean, it's not. I know. No, it's not, fans but. from Spurs in the 1960s may be wanting to cry, yeah. and also that there was an FA Cup win in there somewhere in the 90s. So, I didn't, um, 2000 didn't um, Redknapp get a, a win sometime in the little was that League Cup? They uh, won something. League Cup. Yeah, Ledley King. Uh, I remember that, seeing... that's the most recent thing. Um, yeah. We're not Spurs. Blackburn, Blackburn did beat them in a Worthington Cup final. Oh, in, Worthington! Wow, that's yeah. a long back time ago. Mm. Yeah, but um, okay. So West Ham, good narrative for the. That was, that was, yeah. That's why I, th- I thought I'd inf- I, no, I, it's nice. I like it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Please do. Otherwise, it just turns into a, a monologue. Um, yeah, West Ham at home, absolute sellout. Which at Cheltenham is six thousand. Well, but just shy of seven thousand, right? Uh, they scored after two minutes. They brought a really good side, like genuinely a really good side. Um, I did compare it at the time because I played this game whilst watching the West Ham final, which I thought was quite nice. And like, there was like six or seven from the final actually played in that FA Cup. So like, they had a really good side out and they, they scored after two minutes. Um, I then decided to, to actually bring the highlight killer out and, and just try and nullify the game to then get to the end to then try and have a chance. So instead of trying to chase it early, I decided to try and shut it down, which worked. We got to the 80th minute. We were one nil down still. I then went hammer and tong to try and get the goal. And we just ran out of time which is counterintuitive because we tried to slow the game down, but I had to try and be in it to win it was kind of my thought. And we actually lost 1-0, but we earned so much money from it. It was picked to be on TV. Um, It was, like I said, at home sellout. So we were well happy for that. So I was a bit concerned because kind of just to round it off, we we were flying in the league, really, like really doing well. And I thought that West Ham kind of defeat could knock us but the morale was good uh, and we haven't lost a game since we've played eight games uh we've won five of them and we've drawn three of them um and we are i'm going to tell you something now we are in the realms of being promoted like there is a chance that we could get promotion here ipswich are like 12 points ahead like that they're pretty much and they've got a game in hand pretty much promoted um aiden keenan uh are irish chap that's your 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 mate mad yeah, uh, very mine, good striker. Yeah. Very good striker. Uh, he is currently top goal scorer in the league um, and he's doing fantastically. But we find ourselves sat second. Uh, I've played 38 games, 73 uh, points. And MK Don's sitting seventh, so just outside the playoff spots. And they're on 67 points. So it's very, very tight. But there is a chance. Now, I have played the next section, but I haven't written it. So that's just all I can tell you. Because if I tell you, it'd be an exclusive. I have finished the season and I do know if we go up or if if we don't go up. Tell you, I'd have to kill you. Yeah, Um, if oh, so one really quick question throwing the water bottle Mm -hmm. uh, and and it's an open question, lads. Dupe, was it all all smiling green faces? No, definitely not. All angry red faces because it obviously had an effect. 
Yeah. And I maybe it just never will ever trigger like a positive response by throwing a fucking water bottle at them. But I mean, the it, only kind it's of, hard to know if it works. You know what I mean? But in this case, it seems oh, yeah. to work for you. I, I mean, I'm not going to put the whole factor on that. But we come out early. We we scored. We then went on to win the game. Did was that kind of a, a determined factor? Maybe. What I have found recently, and I don't know whether this is since the update, but shouts. I don't seem to be getting positive response on shouts either um they seem to be very angry with a lot of shouts that you do um not that it's affecting the in-game it's just on the ui that you can see it but you know there's there's a lot to lot to be said for for throwing it um you, you don't want to just to make it. yourself feel better isn't it yeah a hundred percent because Fuck i can't punch i can't punch uh, punch the laptop or the computer because what's the point but look i think I think it's a rarity, and I think if you do it every single week, what's the point? The only way it could kind of go positive is if you throw the water bottle, you have a go at them, and then you kind of go into some inspiring Braveheart-esque speech, and then, you know, and then shout freedom, and then run off to the hills, and, <laughs> and they all follow you. That's the only way it can be positive. But. I would largely expect it will depend on personality and mm. determination, but uh, and th- those, maybe some other attributes, like maybe work rate that's unlikely though but they're the sorts of things that would probably depend on the squad's reaction and if you have built like you'd have to be a pretty not necessarily an elite squad but you'd have to have the right personality types to respond to that because obviously they're if they are all model citizens like you literally have a first 11 of model citizens and they've all got high determination they will strive to do the best. So if they are struggling and they're expected to win, that is probably like, right, we need to sort of like a, you know, a Ferguson side mm. or, a, you know, more modern example, a Pep side where he'll give them absolute bollocking at halftime if they're not doing what they should be doing. Because that is probably the only time. If you've got a, like a fractured squad dynamic in that you've got a mixture or that you've picked a team sort of and you're going through the motions and you're gradually having to sign like five players a season. Like most most clubs who don't have a huge amount of money, you can't afford to just have ridiculous player turnover just to get what you want. Mm. So I would imagine it's that sort of thing that you might get a really positive response to it once you've had a chance to actually bed something in. And also it probably depends a lot on your own reputation as well. I think there's probably quite a lot of factors and it's like that like silver bullet panacea kind of thing where there's so many things that have to be right for it to work and it's sort of a culmination of many years at a club rather than I'm pissed off I'm going to use it because chances are it's not going to work it's a risky tactic isn't it like let's be honest right Um, like like you said if the stars have got to align Brian Cox said that and like you know it is super risky because that could have gone the other way and I let's not let's be honest we don't know how if they've all come back red not happy does that really work because surely then the morale is in the in in the van yeah it's like long term like short term gain for long term yeah. loss because if if it ruins the dynamic of the, the entire squad from then on or you get because I'll, I'll have it where I don't throw the bottle but I'll have a, I'll give them a bollocking either at half time and I turn it around or at the end of a match if it's not gone as expected and then you always get the news item that says like the like insert player here reveals that manager fury 
uh, final whistle or that sort you know words to that effect mm. to show that they you know you've made your displeasure of that performance known but i don't i'll never throw the water bottle because it it go it's too far it's too much to it's overly negative um and it doesn't really it, it never yields long term and i don't think i've ever done it no, like maybe in a friendly accidentally or something yeah. like that when I'm not really paying like a misclick rather than intentionally going for it unless we've lost to like we've been knocked out in like the FA Cup but to be honest I don't think I've ever been knocked out by a ridiculous team unless I've put out a weakened side like intentionally to get myself knocked out um, because I don't need the extra fixtures or something like that but so we yeah, encourage everybody to try it. Next game, everybody throw it. See what happens. We don't do this on the pod a lot, but feel free to tweet in and let us know. I don't run the Twitter account, so social, it's fine. Social experiment. <laughs> yeah, just let us know. Do you do it? If you do do it, what's, what's your response? How often do you do Send it? Send us proof as well. Yeah, like, I want to see, see it. Like go, 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 like, go to your team talk. Hang on. I've got a water bottle here. Can I throw it? There's my proof. <laughs> uh... So aim, I, aim away from the computer. That's what Apple went mad for Nice. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see. Go, go to your team talk feedback and see what actually happened and how they responded to that. Because that would be yeah, absolutely. And if you don't normally do it, don't do it just to get a like from us on Twitter because like it might affect. But, you but definitely do. Yeah, actually do it. Yeah, go on. 100% and then just make sure it. you tag Mad uh, Mad FM in it because he loves to know about all this sort of stuff. He does. Uh, talking about Mad, we'll go to Harlem now because uh, or else we're going to be still here and we're roasting our bollocks off collectively in our respective abodes and um, I don't want them to be overly sweaty It's anymore, nice to so. think that you're thinking about my balls, so thanks for that, Matt. Yeah, let's talk about it's each collective, balls. Collective, <laughs> collective balls, so I'm thinking about them all together. It's like, it's like the FA Cup draw. I mean, it has happened. Uh, anyway, it wasn't Keezy putting the ball, but God. They've made a balls of that a few times. Um, Harlem, I think it's been a while since I spoke about Harlem here. Probably because... Um, Is it because no one cares? Probably because nobody cares. <laughs> That's what I normally say. Uh, but I didn't. <laughs> he, was mid, he was halfway through his bottle of water. He couldn't get it down quick enough. Uh, by, by, um, by no one cares, I mean you don't really care anymore. about. <laughs> no, no. I, look, I, I actually, you want to be safe, what's the point? Listen, hear me out now. Hear me out. Okay. I think the reality is I probably haven't played it much recently. I was away for a week and then prior to that, the weather was just kind of so nice. I was kind of out quite a, bo- quite a lot. So Didn't you have a laptop? Um, yeah, but, you know, I was drinking lots of points. Um, um, so genuinely, probably haven't played it properly in like two. Hang, two hang, on, hang on, hang on, before you before you continue, like you okay, say, I, I probably had lots of pints. We've seen you stream. Yeah, that's all you do when you stream. You just get progressively more drunk, and therefore make progressively worse decisions, which are ordinarily usually very bad before the drinking occurs. So. So the, good, the good news situation. to you, Matt, when we talk about the new save, I may announce that I'm going to try and stream it soon. So <laughs> that's coming back. Um, the other reality is Mrs. just won't let me play FM when we're outside. So here we are. Um, no, I'm kidding. What's your name, FM? Samo. <laughs> that is a throwback reference. <laughs> that's that's really reference. reference. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got in a time machine and gone back to... <laughs> Hey, mate, so song, request song requests are back on Twitch, Matt. It is basically <laughs> 2017 all over again. Living the dream. We'll actually let Matt do his update now. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Oh, yes, okay. So, um, basically, where am I right now? 
eight seasons in we finished the eighth season so i'll give you a quick update on season eight it's also on the blog as well actually i have two little posts there to cover it um the big one was we had finished third in season seven and third gets you into the champions league knockout playoff round whatever you want to call it qualifiers um and it was like the you have to play two rounds of it to get through so it's, it's not easy really there's some good teams in there so um after we finished third Went into the summer, picked up a couple of pretty good players. Um, a really good striker who's half Chinese, half Belgian, which has FM written all over it. Um, mm-hmm. Signed him from Antwerp. And he had a good bit of interest in him. I think Dortmund were interested in a couple of others. But we went in really early. We picked him up in like end of May, just when the season was finished. And managed to kind of hoodwink him into joining us. Um, he's probably the best striker we would have then, alongside um, the Croatian boy we've had for a while, which is Dion. Uh, what's his name? Drena Bellio? Bellio? Drena Bellio. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, the Champions League qualifier, we picked up Rangers in the first round. So we all love the Scots in this one, too, don't we? Um, yes. You'd be pleased to know we managed to beat Rangers over two legs um, to get into the Champions League. What was really nice as well, it was the first time I heard the Champions League music on FM23. And also, like the all, you know, the artwork and the graphics. So that was kind of nice. <laughs> so when you're managing low-level teams, Matt, as you know, we don't get to see this thing very often, these, uh, these new features and, uh, and add-ons. So we beat them um, 2-1 in the first leg away from home. Two goals from Sebastiano Esposito for us, uh, I'll have you know. Um, and this is in the year 2029, and somehow Alfredo Morelos is still playing for Rangers and scored for them. And then it was 2-0 in the second leg. So that brought us into play another team uh, in the last playoff round over two legs which was FC Porto and that was always going to spell a bit of trouble um, even in this they're quite a serious team um, Diogo Costa is still there, still there in goals um, ridiculous goalkeeper to be still there after eight seasons uh, in game and Daniel Malin was up front for them they also had um, Gianluca Mancini centre half um, they had a guy called Imar playing but obviously it's not Pablo and a player I really like which is um, Stefan Estekio. Estekio. He was playing for Canada in the World Cup. He's actually really good. So um, went on to play those. First leg we played at home and we lost 2-1. They scored first after five minutes. We equalized and then it was 2-1 at halftime and stayed like that. And then naturally we went into the second leg. And this is where it's going to echo your derby game dupe. So oh. we were 2 nil up, two goals from DeAndre Nabellio again. They then pulled one back on 67 minutes through a penalty. So we're 2-1. So it's all square. And we're heading into injury time. You know what's happening here, dude, don't you? Mm. There's like three minutes added. We're hit mm. 92. Highlight. Daniel Malin, who's done nothing for the whole game, pops up, scores... To make it 2-2, and that makes it, what, 3-2? I can't even count properly. 4-3 on aggregate. And we didn't make the Champions League, sadly. Uh, Which is a bit disappointing, um, considering we'd already played in the Europa League. And I fucking hate the new Europa League format. um, Because we've ended up in there again this season. But we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, So we've had to rattle on past that. Uh, The league was okay, I guess. Um... We started pretty well. By the time we'd kind of eight or ten games played, we were third in the league. Um, What's well, a bit disappointing, though, and Matt, you'll remember our friend Tony Magic. He's just started to drop whoa, whoa, off. Whoa. whoa, he's magic. 
he um after a really good kind of two three seasons in a row he hadn't done a whole lot in any of those Champions League games or in the in the opening kind of eight to ten games so I kind of ended up dropping him dropping him for Esposito which I wasn't expecting to do um and basically then once the Europa League kind of started ramping up um we're basically playing a game every week in between um league games and you know even though we've we've bolstered our squad um we still found the fatigue to be quite tough um and for example like we we came up against Roma like Roma are really good to be for for the likes of Harlem to be coming up against still have Tammy Abraham still managed by Jose Mourinho um and Lorenzo Pellegrini is there they even beat us 2-1 but again just what I found was we might have a, a nice little league run like for example I'm looking at no, uh, November, December we'd win two or three games in the league and then we'd lose a cup game and that would have a bit of a hangover effect then going into the following weekend and that would just kind of tip us over for three games so it was very much three games on three games off kind of thing um, by the time we reached kind of the turn of the year or, or even in January I think we had about 20 games played and I was in fifth in the league so kind of like a bit of deja vu, I would say, from the season before. Not really overly improving and a second year in a row in the Europa League. So um, we came in in January, bought two players, both new gens. Uh, one is an Irish guy, why not, called Frank Bulger. And he's just basically, uh, he can play as a centre-half or a DM, just again for cover. And then another really nice little attacking midfielder for our CM attack role. His name was, um, I think it was Roger Smith. And basically they just add a little bit of quality and depth because we were struggling with all those European games and it definitely seemed to help not that those two players in particular were kind of <clears throat> starting to shine but I think we just add, adding to my first team squad and the numbers and just having more rotation options we came into February and I think I, I, like I'm just looking at it here we won six games in February out of seven and drew the other one and then we came into March and we won five games out of six and drew the other one um, and all of a sudden, with about eight games to go, or maybe even less, we were up to third in the league. Still a bit of deja vu, though. Um, and by that point, we'd managed to navigate the Europa League, which, again, I don't know if you lots have experienced it in-game. Um, this whole big 36-team table format, and you got to try it's and horrendous. finish in the top ten. You've done it, yeah? It's, yeah, it's, it's horrendous. Did it 18-68. Yeah. Just, it it takes the fun out of it, and, and really I hope that they reverse it when and it doesn't actually come in IRL because it isn't good. One hundred percent agree. Like it's just hard to get a feel for. Like I, I think I played six games, won five, and then I still was only like twelfth, and I, I just couldn't really figure out what the hell was going on. But we managed to um, we managed to finish. I want to say we finished in the top ten because we got into a quarter final against Monaco. I'm um, sorry, prior to that, we did get into, um, well, I think before you can get into the quarterfinal, there is another knockout round. It's so fucking convoluted, man. We got Sparta Prague, I think, in the, let's say, the, the next knockout round after the group stages where you play eight games. We beat them quite comfortably. And then we came up against Monaco in the quarterfinal of the Europa League. So all of a sudden, we're, we're in the shiny lights. We've got the nice artwork again. We've got the nice Europa League music again. Um, the Europa League music is better than Champions League music. Oh, we should pause there. So you're a Liverpool fan. No, it, I just, I just think it's a bit of a banger. Dupe, what would you think? And I, uh, and also, I've had to listen to the same Champions League music for a long time. A long I'll time, be thirty years. I'll be completely honest with you. As a Manchester United fan, 
I quite happily listen to the Champions League music this year, if that's all right. Um, but I, do you know what? I've not really sat them side by side. I don't ever sing the Europa League song, but I do it's, always sing more, the Champions League. It's it's like the Euro- but the, the Europa League is more like a, like it's had like an F one style revamp. I'll have a listen. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, I will say I do like the music. I think again, as a Newcastle fan, wouldn't be overly familiar with it, so it's pretty new to me. On, on you, think, you don't really know the Champions League music either, mate. Um, <laughs> it's been a long time, now. but Tino Espria, Bobby Robson. They were, they were glory days. They're just a long fucking time ago. Um, we move on. Uh, where were we? Quarterfinal against Monaco. We went for the first leg away in France, drew 1-1. And I was thinking, okay, if we're going to do Europa League semi-final here, we like this would be a serious achievement and a serious kind of an increase in our performance. Because like we've kind of consistently been hanging around third, fourth, fifth. Very hard to break past Ajax in particular and then the kind of rotation of Feyenoord and PSV. So we went to do the second leg at home and we lost 2-0. Played shit. Had very little chances. Again, I want to say this was probably around April and you could just see, you know, a lot of games coming uh, thick and fast and we just had nothing, to be really honest. Um... So that then brought our attention back to the league. So I mentioned we were third in the league with um, it was about seven games to go. And here's where I'm just going to bring you back to our striker that we had signed in the summer. So his name is Shuang Hui. This is the guy who's half Chinese, half Shui. Belgian. I've practiced that one. Hui. And he went on an absolute storm of scoring goals. Um, I think he scored something like 12 goals in... Eight, eight games something like that um, and by the time we hit 30 games we had a little news headline that said title right, title race heads to the wire um, mainly courtesy of that guy's goals and we were six points off IX and three points off PSV with four games to go so a, a little bit of a run coming just really quick what was his name Matt? Ah, Jesus. You said you were going to be nice to me. It's, it's, no, it's, I am, I am. What was his, his name? His name was Shuang Hui. And you practiced that? No. Oh, I thought you said you practiced it. Well, you practice just going down some slides, going, wee! <laughs> wee! That's what I got. Carry on, as you were, sorry. I do apologize. So, um, we're going to the last four games, and wouldn't you know it, uh, so it's between us and PSV for second. I didn't really think we had much of a chance Ooh. catching IX. PSV in second, ourselves in third. And naturally we go into the next game, which is against PSV. So this is where it's getting interesting. PSV in this save universe, this is the year 2030 now, managed by Ruud van Nistelrooy. Um, have the likes of Cody Gakbo still there, Marcus Leonardo, Mohamed Kudus, Patrick Schick is hanging around there. Um, so again, a decent team on paper, really. And it was our boy, Wee, who said Wee and scored uh, a winner on 34 minutes. And we actually managed to hold off, um, did a lot of uh, tactical tweaks and bus parking to hold them off. And we managed to beat them. So that puts us level um, with PSV with two or three games to go. And here is where I was thinking, okay, well, if we can finish second, suddenly we've gone from that feeling of repetitiveness or a bit of, um, I suppose, you know, same same season syndrome, like the the following season. It wasn't wasn't feeling too different, um, but suddenly we're... uh, I suppose we were coming close to finishing second. And at this point, our, again, our boy Shuang Hui is just scoring 
for free. But all good things come to an end. Um, we went into the next game. Where, so it was the next game that he scored three goals, I believe. But PSV also won that game. So we were coming into the last game uh, needing PSV to lose, I think, because they had a better goal difference. And inevitably, they just won, won it out. And we ended up finishing... I'm sorry, we had a draw in our second last game and just looking at the league table and we ended up finishing two points behind PSV and stuck mm. in third again. So what does that mean? Finishing third again, the same as last season, means we had to go into the Champions League knockout playoff round again. <laughs> so it's all a bit deja vu. But I'll pause there for a moment because Doopy look confused. No, no, no. no. It's just, <laughs> it's, I remember doing it, but... It's just such a pain when these leagues do what these leagues do. Yeah. Um, so to finish it off then, uh, two really positive things before I tell you about kind of where we've gotten to. One was a new stadium that we'd been waiting on for Ooh. a little while. So when we started the save, the capacity of the stadium was three and a half thousand. We gradually got that up to five and then six and then eight. And then the board eventually came back. You know, it's something we've been working on a lot. And they finally announced our new stadium, which was just the HFC Harlem Stadium, very imaginative, with an 18,000 capacity, which I think for us, for the size of the club, maybe for the Dutch league is, is not bad. Um, so we, we kind of have to take it, but I'm not done there, I would say. How, how long have you been there for? This is just finished eight seasons. And, and there was no consideration for you to be calling it after the, the Mad FM Arena? Absolutely not, I would say. <laughs> Um, I, I wouldn't think so to be honest what I was hoping for was the Rude Hullet uh, stadium because he we, he was the chairman we originally had in at the beginning and he fucked off after two seasons in game so that was the end of that um, so no they went with the HFC Harlem stadium so like that was really good to get the stadium in because that was one of our I suppose our weakest points in terms of making money the prize money is really shit as well in this league despite finishing third back to back with very little cash they gave us two and two and a half million at the end of that season for finishing third um, but what is the other thing that's gone really well would be we've you know we've done really well in terms of bringing in players fairly cheap or on free transfers and then flipping them over for a good profit so that's kept us going and then I suppose that's just brought us up to where we are now the last time I was playing it um, and again I'll, I'll probably echo what we discussed about the European competitions so we went in um, it's a bit of a spoiler now but we went in to play the Champions League playoff in the summer and for some reason, and maybe you lads can help me out here. Previously, I told you we had to play Rangers and then Porto to qualify for the Champions League. This time around, I went straight into the last playoff round. Maybe it's my seeding or the fact that we were in there the year before or something like that. Or maybe, I don't know, something with the places. But we went straight I'll, into I'll, the last I'll help one. you. Fuck knows. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, due to largely fuck knows reasons, we um, got into the final playoff, sorry, final qualifying round for the Champions League. In going into season nine and that was against Besiktas and we hammered them 3-0 in the first half and beat them 3-2 in the second leg first leg second leg and that means we've actually qualified for the Champions League as we speak right now and this is probably what brought me into where I probably just stopped playing at one point we were in the Champions League and I was actually looking forward to it only to realise that the Champions League also has this new fucking format yep. and I, I did not know I this yeah, and I was so fucking disappointed. It's not even funny. I was, you know, just loving the idea. Was like I was looking at the the seedings. I was looking at the teams, and they're like I'm doing with Newcastle in real life. You know, wondering who might get in the group or whatever. And it's another thirty 
four team league of nonsense. And mm, to be honest, at that point I went, oh, really? And then I saw we had fixtures against Fenerbahce and Ren and and I was just like, I don't know if I don't know if I have if, if I can deal with this nonsense. And I just paused for a moment. I said, I'll give it a day or two. And I haven't touched it in three weeks, and that's where we are now, lads. Fuck right. this change. It's a small thing. Like, I mean, look, I don't think the save is completely over. It just kind of ticked me off. It just kind of ruined a bit of enjoyment. I assume it's going to happen in real life. I hope it's an absolute train wreck so that they revert back. But yeah, in FM, it's not You know, too, it's you know that the only thing that will, put, will make them revert it is if it doesn't make as much money as it did in the old format. That is the only reason why they won't. Well, I suppose I looked at it and went... So, because there's going to be more fixtures, yeah. they inevitably will make more money, so they don't care. Yeah, true. I mean, there's you, eight you games realize, since, There's eight you, games You, you are six, old but. enough to realise that <laughs> UEFA and FIFA do not give an actual fuck about actual football. They give a fuck about how much it pays them. Yeah. Because they are corrupt as fuck. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, it ultimately... The format will change if they'll, they'll realise. Oh, thirty-six teams. Oh, that's not quite enough. Let's let's extend it to forty-eight, and then more than that, more than that. Much like they've tried to do with the World Cup, mm. um, and the Euros, and every other format, just because it means more games means more rights that they can sell to broadcasters, and that's ultimately where the buck will stop. And then sponsors obviously fall into that pot as well. So, so yeah, saying they, FIFA they, have everyone wants save. more games. FIFA have exactly, yeah. Save. Which they do not give a fuck about the actual players nope. who, like nope. all all the fans who have to pay to nope. go to them because there's an, now and like the stadiums are not. Um, there's always going to be like United is a great example here. Like they it holds what seventy five thousand Old yeah. Trafford, yeah. but they know that there's always going to be they will always fill it because yeah. the fan base is so far spreading and far reaching that. Even if the hardcore won't go, enough enough general admission people will snap them up anyway. Oh, 100%, so, yeah. So that's, that's a, like, it's an irrelevance, really. Um, but it's the footballers that... But we want, we want, we're getting a bit political and a bit off-topic, but it's, it's one thing that really does fucking annoy me, to be mm. honest. Because... We've noticed over the, that we had, so we had the COVID seasons that were compromised anyway. And then we've had a World Cup moved, which has meant that players are having additional strain on them in a period where they shouldn't have done because the gap between seasons is shortened. They then play, like there's there's lots of leagues that ended up effectively playing over Christmas when they'd normally have a, a seasonal break there, where, where I know that doesn't happen in England. but um, But then that, extended period of like they're playing in a hot country as well which adds more uh aerobic load onto those players and they've only just like literally stopped and they're now playing like nations league fixtures that like the champions league final was last week <laughs> and we're playing internationals yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's fucking ridiculous yeah. like just give them an actual rest because there's a you wonder why so many players are now picking up heart issues or like heart issues are becoming more prevalent in what are supposedly fit players because strangely enough they're probably not supposed to be running around because 
uh, as much as they are because the game has changed. Pressing is just like the mm. the default way of defending now. So if you can't run 14 kilometers a match, but you're not going to be up to scratch, and that's what managers are now expecting. So managers are pushing them harder and harder. The the authorities are making more and more matches. So not only are there more matches, they're working harder in those additional matches. The buck will stop or have to stop when players just break out uh, and, and just, you know, they, some, some players have died because of this and there will be more that do die because of this. But the solution won't be, oh, let's just reduce the fixtures a bit. No, it will be increase the squad size so you can have more players. And then more that subs. will be the solution. More money. And yeah. more subs. Yeah. That, and that, 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 like, it's the same as throwing more money at the problem yeah. Uh, yeah. rather than actually solving it and thinking, oh, you know, these players are not fucking robots. Which I know, I know the average fan probably just doesn't see the human element of that, but it does bug, bug me quite a lot, evidently, because I don't think I've spoken about something so passionately as I have with that. But be interesting um, to see what happens gentle. in 10 years. You know, the players who are now, like, like they're talking about, like, um, Yuri Tielemans gets a lot of this. His minutes, like the amount of minutes that he's had as a professional footballer for the ages, is like like ridiculously higher than well, it's, the equivalent it's, 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 of ten what, years like, ago. David, David Moyes used to do it with Rooney. Like he yeah. would which would restrict his minutes when he was sixteen because he's he'd seen firsthand. Well, I say firsthand, but he'd seen what had happened with Michael Owen. Yeah, like true. Michael Owen was done by the time he was twenty one. Like he'd had so many hamstring, hamstring injuries. Yeah. And that's it, like, because he he burst onto the scene and then it didn't take long for the injuries to catch up with him. And so he was managing Rooney's minutes to make sure he didn't burn himself out too early. And to be honest, it didn't really make much of a difference because, you know, Rooney was cooked by the time he was 33. Yeah, look at him uh, now. Like He he looks about 50 now. He, he's like, three and years younger than Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah. He's, no, I think actually he's about, I think he's the same age as Ronaldo. Oh, is it? Okay, I thought it was right. Yeah, yeah. I, so they're b- both born in like October. So they're, they're like, they're, they're 80, 85 birthday. Right. So they're actually, they're only two years older than me. And they look less, uh, Rooney's he, less than a year older than me, guys. I don't know how I look now, but I don't think I look as old as Wayne Rooney. Oh, you do. But, the, but, the, but the, I think that's the, that there is a, I'm surprised, I know that sports science has moved on and it's allowed players to be fitter. But I wonder if this generation of players who are ha- like the, the who are like they've just the only sort of style of football they've known is high pressing, intensive football. If they retire sooner because their bodies just 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 have had enough, like they've they've run out of gas, like their mm. their actual human potential has reached its end point, or alternatively they die younger. And I know we get, it's a bit morbid, but there is. That there is only a finite amount uh, of time, like amount of pumps someone's heart has. Like that, it all depends on genetics, and I don't know enough about it. But ultimately, people who use steroids, their heart pumps has to work a lot harder. It becomes a lot bigger, uh, and obviously, they they run out of ticks a lot quicker than someone who doesn't. Uh, and I'm not suggesting that footballers use steroids, but their heart is having to work a damn sight harder when they're younger than an average person who just walks around all day. Um, and so I wonder what the, the sort of the long-term effects, and we're seeing now sort of a lot of older players from the, the, the 50s, 60s, 70s developing Alzheimer's and other dementia-related illnesses from like heading a really ball, heavy yeah. ball for, for 20 years. Um, 
And so I wonder if that is the next thing we'll see in 30 years' time when the likes of Bellingham have, have retired. We, you know, only time will tell. And but it's um, it's a scary prospect, and I do wonder if like what will happen to try and if if there will be any compassion there to try and manage that. It would need player because power, we see- I think, right, Matt? You know this. All these well, decisions being made by FIFA and governing bodies and all this bollocks, but like, player, I remember like, like, during the like the COVID season, there was a, the players were consulted quite frequently about what was going on, and I know um, that they had uh, they had meetings with all of the Premier League captains mm. and the the PFA at the time about how they wanted to handle it. Those sorts of consultations should happen all the time about this sort of thing, and they should be involved in not just a union but actual actual players should be involved with regards to any format changes especially if it's going to be in more matches yeah be- because that there there will be some players that are so driven anyway that they just want to play all the games they can the likes of Haaland who is just so motivated by being the best and and you could argue that that was the case with Ronaldo at the same age as well like the even Salah was averaging like 55 games a season for the last like four oh, seasons. Oh, look at Bruno. Yeah. Bruno didn't miss a game that season. Yeah. We played 60, 62 but, games. But there are some players that will want to play, whatever their motivation, whether that be financial, whether that be for accolades, yeah. or whether they just really enjoy doing what they do. It doesn't really matter. But there will be some players who kind of might have to be protected against themselves because they won't want to sit out. Even if they, even if, even if they need to, yeah. and obviously they have sports scientists telling them like their strain. We see you even see it in football manager to kind of bring this back from a from a like a, a global football rant. But you, we in the medical centre and when you were in, like looking at your training and your squad views, you can see the load on your players, can't you? At any given time, how yeah. the, the risk for injury. Yeah, and you always get the oh, we recommend this player has a rest. We recommend this player has a rest. You get that quite a lot now, more than yeah. ever. But that that like how do we see that in in real life? Like what 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 when we, when do we get to that point where in press conferences managers are asked or asked why have you left X out? I said well because he's he's just played five games in a row and he's yeah. done. He needs a, yeah. he needs a break because he's going to. And journalists like, can't understand noticed, that, right? They don't. They, they're exactly. It's yeah, like yeah. Twitter, Twitter, fans can't understand that either. Yeah, Twitter, Twitter yeah. couldn't yeah. understand that. But the, the, the say that people don't. I think the human element in of football is so forgotten, and it's not just this. It's it's players who it who don't want to mo- don't want to move to somewhere. It's because I've got to uproot my entire family. Like if you're if you're if you are a footballer, but you're also a, a father of two children, and they're that your children are settled, do you want to move your children to either another country or an entirely different part of the the country that you already play in? Just so that you can play for this team, or do you just say "fuck it"? I'm going to commute all day, like, and and then you're the one who suffers for for that because you're the one who wants to play for this new team. Like, they're the sorts of things that people never consider. It's just like, oh, we're going to sign this player for fifty million, and because it's a he's a fucking robot. Mm. There's no consideration to the the human human element of in any in any of this. And we watched um, and we watched us on the screen, <laughs> and we know, uh, yeah, but. <laughs> I've, I'm apo- apologising, I've, I've sidetracked that massively. I've just gone on a, like a 10-minute tangent. I mean, but it's, I it, saves me, it saves me having to talk about United and talk about Man <laughs> Save. We'll save that for next week. We'll, we'll do a five-minute <laughs> update and get them both done. <laughs> yeah, we'll do... Well, okay, we'll do those next week. 
because you may mad you might have actually made so, a decision on what you're doing. By then, I hopefully should have, because I'm hoping to actually. Actually, turn okay, okay, but right, we'll save we'll save Dupes United update until next week. But how about what tease us with the options you're looking at, and we can maybe put out a poll. Ooh, plot twist. We have a lot of polls to do. We need to do polls about the European Europa League versus Champions League. <laughs> um, cool. So the one, like I said, the one, the the one main option I have in the in my mind at the moment is that I'm quite drawn towards La Liga. Now I'm going to tell you something interesting. A couple of weeks ago, I was like, I was looking at the demise of Valencia, and I was like, oh yeah, I used to do a lot of Valencia saves. And the following day, Joe released a blog on Valencia. So <laughs> we talk, we spoke about it on the pod. So I was like, okay, we'll park that for now. Um, so I've been, I've been drawn towards La Liga or towards Spain for a little while because I haven't managed there for, for some time. Um, so I go, a couple of different things going through my head. And the one that I suppose, the, the way my mind was thinking about it, Matt, was some of my favorite saves have been, like I did Angers, obviously in France. That was a League One team, League One team. We did, I did a really nice save at Bologna. That was a Serie A team. And I was kind of thinking just, I like that idea of not being afraid to go into the top tier rather than kind of, oh, I need to go down and start at the bottom. Um, so I was, most recently as today, I was thinking about going straight into La Liga and the team that has currently gripped my eye is Celta Vigo. Oh. Um, I'll give you a couple of reasons really quickly. One, there's a, awesome player playing for them right now called Gabri Vega and almost everyone and his dog is interested in signing him uh, and what's interesting is he hasn't been completely ramped up in, in FM because he's just had such a good season this season um, another reason is um, Vigo is in like the city is in a place called Galicia which has kind of fairly strong ties to uh, the Celts and the whole Gaelic kind of uh, era of history in terms of its formation. So that kind of ties in with a bit of Irish narrative. And the only other main reason, and Matt, I'll probably look at you for this one, is I remember Celta, Vigo, in and around the kind of Deportivo days as well of early champion, or, you know, championship yeah. manager, might have been 99 towards 2001. Alexander Mostovoy was there. Um, Victor, I think it was Victor Fernandez, maybe Juan Fran. These are lads who were kind of floating through my mind. And you know I how I am for nostalgia. Say- oh. There's a player. I'm just I'm having to look at it, look him up now, just to see if I did or not, or whether it was one of those situations where real life melds with football <laughs> yeah. manager life, and I don't know which what is actor act, actually. Um, you don't know if you're in the true. matrix or out of the matrix, Matt. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just double checking before before we uh, we proceed. Like um, I, I think Benny McCarthy was there at one point. I'm fairly sure Macaulay even with you know. So th- these are all kind of. Players I, w- I, s- I would have associated with Celta Vigo at a time when I would have played CM or FM and also when they were actually good enough because they've had a pretty rocky few years. So my, my, it, ha- it is a case of my football manager life has, has melded with real life. <laughs> uh, some, some, some people of certain ages may remember a player called Victor Hugo Aristaba who um, was an amazing free that you could pick up sort of a, Taribo West levels of amazing free uh, at the start of CMO 102. Was he a number 10? And uh, like yeah, he was a yes. sort of an, an attacking midfielder, yes, Colombian. Yes. But he, I, I always, he always seemed to always go to 
Celta Vigo, and that's that's why I, I needed to right, okay. like in my saves. I always I did get him occasionally, but not all the time. Um, and he always, when I didn't get him, he always seemed to go to Celta Vigo. So it was just one of those sort of things that I needed to double check to make sure that if he did or didn't, because I didn't want to make a, a balls off it. But that 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 era of Spanish football, absolutely, like yeah, and that's kind um, of that's why I can't seem to shake it off. Like I do distinctly remember signing. Alexander Mostovoy, who was like a see Russian or Ukrainian um, at the time, and I think I had a Man United save on the go, and I would have signed him, and he was just banging it, out, you know, and I'd never even heard of the guy, do you know. Whereas now I remember him because of that save, and we all have those kind of players, right? So that's where I'm finding it hard to shake off the idea of doing uh, Celta Vigo. Plus, there's a little connection to the whole Irish thing. Aside from that, then, um, I was thinking about Malaga Dupe, who you know very well. I was actually in Malaga about a year and a half ago and I went to the the little stadium tour and they had a lovely, nice little narrative um, on the wall, similar to the old football manager ones they have. And there's a bit of pedigree there with players who've played for them and they've been in Europe and all that. But the club has just run so fucking badly. I don't know what that puts me off or if it lures me even further, but that remains to be seen. Um, So they're the two that were standing out for me in terms of Spain and Spain seems to be luring me in. Unless you want to convince me otherwise. I, I, I'm a fan of a Spanish save. Mm. Um, so had my time at Recreativo uh, way back when, and more recently at Atletico, where I ended up winning La Liga in my first season. So love it. So I and I to be honest, I'd completely forgot that I actually won La Liga uh, until you sort of were saying about it. I said, like, "Oh yeah, no, I did win that last year." Mm. So, so yeah, one of those. Will you be um, skipping forward a season? And then picking up from where you where that starts, or will you be just starting default? I'm tempted to just go with the latest update that was that you know whenever they did the last one, which is probably March. I think I'm tempted to just kick it from there. I did have a think about simming forward. I did have a think about downloading one of the databases that can bring you up to speed or whatever. But to be honest, I'll probably just open up the whatever it is, the twenty three point four, and just crack on. So just I was just. Continuing my look, and they haven't won La Liga, Celta Vigo, mm. so that's quite a quite a nice thing. In fact, they've not really they've sort of their most recent silverware was the uh, Copa del Rey, but that was like twenty years ago. So um, there's a lo- that there's was a like, big barren spell there, right? Um, yeah. So it's it's quite a nice little project, really. Yeah. I think so. I would be leaning towards Celta Vigo if 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 it was my choice um, over Malaga. Yeah, I think, I mean, the other one thing thing is then, Matt, I just had hashtag here Vigo in my mind. Don't know what I can do with it, but it is what it or, is. Or Vigi, 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 you have been a bad monkey. Which is a <laughs> Ghostbusters 2 quote. Oh my God. I'd be honest, yeah, that's um, right. yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to go Malaga. You, you, don't, you, you never want somebody's no. sloppy seconds, let's be honest. No, especially dupes. Especially dupes. Yeah, there'd be a lot of room, let's put it that way. Fair, fair, fair. So current status update so far, Celta Vigo is in, in pole position and time will tell. And I would love to do a little bit of streaming if I kick it off as well. I will watch it if you pick Celta Vigo. Done. Sold. <laughs> right. Okay. There, there's, there's your tease for the, the new save. Um, we'll find out next week whether that is the case or not. Um, let, let's sod it. We, we've we've been here long enough. Let's do a quiz. It's time 
for the quiz. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. You were going to say Sonic. We've been here long enough. All right, let's not I, do a quiz because it's currently I, I had to, nearly I had midnight. To and I had to reel you in. This I'm is hungry. your pain for being off for two weeks. Okay. Well, I'm hungry, so uh, this could go anyway now. Just anywhere. remember, Dupe. Remember, you said you'd be nice to me and it's, it's, it's recorded. So yeah. the, the internet yeah. has I'm you now. Just, I hate the quiz. I don't hate you. Well, mm, they're kind of anyway. interlinked. But anyway. <laughs> right, yes. Somebody let's in do my stream earlier this week, Matt, told me that the quiz was their favourite part of the podcast. Okay. Was... Why do you think we put it at the end? Uh, I mean, I know people can skip, but like, I like to think that they don't. <laughs> that was one of my burner so, accounts, too. But anyway, I'm glad it's working. Oh, shit. Yes, you're welcome. So, yes, let's do a quiz. Um, gonna Nothing connected to what we've spoken to, which is helpful. We've just seen Jude Bellingham make a very, very big transfer move to Real Madrid. Another player who's probably got too much, too many minutes in his legs, Matt, for the age he's at. But hopefully he'll get a bit more rotation in Madrid. So that started bringing me down thinking about players who have played overseas, in particular English players that have played overseas over the last kind of few years. So that's going to be the theme of our quiz. I'm going to put you two lads up against each other. Oh, and what I'll be doing okay. is I'll be giving you the career path of some English players that have played overseas. So I'll start can, with their early clubs. In the interest of time, mm-hmm. can we do it together? Yeah. Rather than doing it, because whereas we will, bear in mind, we've, we, it's already quite late. I don't think it'll be that difficult, but fine. If you want to be, if you want to be all no, lovely, lovely it, friends together. Separate. Come on, because it's going to be pretty much you, Matt, anyway. Let's be honest. <laughs> it's probably full of 90s footballers. Let's see. Right, we'll try it, and if you want to work together after a while, we'll see how slow it goes, but I think it's not that hard. Says the guy with the questions and the answers on the screen. We'll start with number one. So this player who played, an English player that played overseas, started at West Ham, then moved to Manchester United, then moved to... Paul Ince. Paul Ince is the correct answer, Matt. Gets you a point on the board. Went on to Inter Milan, and then Liverpool, Middlesbrough, Wolves, and others. Question number two. Law Town. Newcastle United. Tottenham Hotspur. Marseille. Sheffield Wednesday. Chris Waddle. Chris Waddle. Gets you another point, Matthew. I had no idea play played for Law. There you go. I think that's where he started, being honest. Well done. That was question two. Question number three. Is a current player. Crystal, Crystal Palace. Excuse me, Crystal Palace, Tottenham, PSV Eindhoven. Dupe. Dupe. Marcus Edwards. Incorrect. So Crystal Palace, Tottenham, PSV Eindhoven, Chelsea. Van Aanholt. Incorrect. So one last time. Incorrect. Crystal Palace, Tottenham. PSV Eindhoven, Chelsea. He's at Chelsea now. And he's current. And he's current. That is a weird. So he was started as a youth player at Crystal Palace, then Tottenham. Oh, is that Medeki? Medeki. Another point for Matthew. I'll uh, give it to you. Noni Madueki. 
is the correct answer. Went left Tottenham to go to PSV and then is now, of course, back in Chelsea. Okay. Question. Unless we're including youth career. That's what threw me. Well, he started there. Uh, Question number four. So we're going to go with Tottenham. Norwich on loan. Excelsior on loan. Vittoria de Guimaraes. Sporting. Marcus Edwards. <laughs> Marcus Edwards. Which is the question well. behind Doop. <laughs> yeah. It's the time to point on the board for Doop. Well done. Next up, question number five. Crew Alexandra, Aston Villa, Bari, Juventus, Sampdoria, Arsenal, Forest. I'll give it to you again. So, Crew Alexandra, Aston Villa, Bari, Juventus, Sampdoria, Arsenal, Forest. David Platt. That's a great oh shout, too. David Platt great is the correct answer. I'm just trying to think. I, to be, I'll be honest. Forest bit. I went, no, like I went the- Arsenal Forest. That's literally all I had. <laughs> no. uh, I, I knew he played for Sampdoria. I didn't know he. Uh. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know about U- Juve, and I didn't know he finished. I didn't know he played Juve. No. He, was, yeah. he was a manager at Forest, but I didn't realise. I didn't. Oh, know that might be where I got that from. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, three-two on the board. Question number six: Charlton Athletic, Everton, Red Bull Leipzig, Fulham, Leicester, Atalanta. Fucking hell, he's been around. Bettinelli? Incorrect. It is a current player. So he's Charlton, Everton, Red Bull Leipzig, Fulham, which was on loan, Leicester. Uh, Adamola Luckman. Adamola Luckman gets you a point, Matt. Good shout. And is having, after having a cracking season at Atalanta. That was question number six. We go for question number seven. Scunthorpe United, Liverpool, Hamburg, Southampton, Newcastle. Oh, Kevin Keegan. Kevin Keegan. Point on the board, Matthew. Well done. We'll go on to question number eight. Manchester City, Southampton, Plymouth, Charlton, Brentford, New York Red Bulls. Phillips, right, Phillips. Should I ask him for his first name, Matt? Sean or Bradley or Ian? No. Ian Wright Phillips. Ian Wright Phillips. I go for Bradley, mate. Bradley Wright Phillips is the correct answer. Well done. Another point on the board. Two more to go, lads. So Double points. Double points. Next up, we've got Leicester, Everton. Barcelona. Gary Lineker. Gary Lineker is a great shot, too. Brings the scores to 5 4 as we go oh, into the we final go, round. Go. You got, have you so got a tiebreaker? He doesn't have a tiebreaker. I do. I actually do have a tiebreaker, <laughs> but I've only got one. Win. <laughs> Should be win. enough. So, final question of tonight's quiz. It's a current player Tottenham, West Ham. Oh. Uh, Harry Winks. 
Incorrect. Tottenham, West Ham. Reading. Borussia Mönchengladbach. FC Augsburg. Reese Oxford. It's good. It's good. It's good, but is it good enough? It is good enough. Come on. Great show. Well done. I did have that written thinking that Joe might be here. Augsburg. (laughs) I got it. Augsburg, yes. That puts the scores at 5-5. I do have one tiebreaker for you, lads. So many that I thought you were going to go for. And you How many of these have started at Spurs as well? Yeah, yeah there's a lot of Spurs going on. I don't know what it's about. Spurs. So so I didn't know, I didn't fair, know we that. We are a Spurs podcast, so it works. Are, but, but, <laughs> I didn't realise that, that he started at Spurs and then moved to West Ham. Yeah. Ah, yes, I didn't really either. Um, Using the know, youth teams, making it really easy for us, mate. Well done. You're welcome. Final question. Tottenham. Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> Swindon Chelsea Oh, uh, Glenn, Glenn Hoddle uh, Glenn Hoddle is enough for the point, Matthew and for the quiz So you've got Indeed. Tammy You've got Tamori go You've all. got Smallin You've got all these that Steve McManaman <laughs> Steve McManaman only played for two, like, two clubs, I think like, Aaron, Aaron Ramsey's Welsh Oh but, yeah, true J- Jadon yeah. Jadon Sancho, but Owen Hargreaves, Canadian. Uh, you got so many Beckham. So I had to make them Steve somewhat Jones, challenging Frank as well. Most, most of those guys only played for one or two or three clubs. Too suspense much. We'll do that in the next in the next time, Duke. Don't worry, there'll be more quizzes. No, no, sorry. It's I think it's time I start doing some quizzes, mate. Here you go. I'm waiting. Yikes! I'm going to quiz uh, you to go to bed. Sounds sounds like a plan. I'll call you in bed, Dupe. Matthew, well done. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. Hang on. Did he just say he's going to call me Dupe in bed? That's really weird. Why? What do you normally Probably get called Probably better in than bed? calling you Lewis. <laughs> Lewis. Oh, my balls just went inside. <laughs> Second reference of the balls tonight. <laughs> uh, anyway, that, <laughs> that unfortunate note brings the end <laughs> to episode 305. You can find the links for each of us, each of us, each of us even, in the podcast description or by visiting fivestarpotential.com where you can find all our latest football manager content, including Joe's recent Wonder Kid watch piece on the young Spaniard Alberto Malero, as well as part three of Dupe's hometown hero adventures at Cheltenham Town, the aforementioned uh, hometown hero adventures at Cheltenham Town. Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify, and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every week. Thank you all for listening. There will be more from us next week. Say goodbye, folks. Goodbye. Goodbye.